can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. We're back for another cringy combo. Ava Matthews is the co-founder of Ultraviolet. She has been on this podcast before, but she was talking all about sunscreen as the owner of Ultraviolet. So today we're talking about something completely different, pregnancy. Welcome to the podcast again. Thank you. It's great to be back. So I had actually suggested you as a cringy combo guest because I'd loved all of your posts about pregnancy. So Avery is going to join us today to talk about the five things she wished she knew before getting pregnant. Before getting pregnant, well, I've actually, <laughs> I've kind of, uh, the, the, the five things I wish I knew are not so much about pregnancy, they're about after. Is that okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> compared to after, pregnancy, well, my pregnancy, and I'm sure other people have very different experiences, but postpartum for me was the total head f- Okay. Pregnancy was a was a dream comparatively. Because you had a post up. So if pregnancy was a dream, I feel like you there was an Insta post that I was reading that was pregnancy was really hard for you as well. Yes, it was. Like I hated being pregnant. Yeah. But then <laughs> after I had the baby, I hated that period more. <laughs> so like what did I say? Hindsight's twenty twenty or whatever it is. So, yeah. And all my friends did tell me this, and I wish I'd listened, but they were like, just don't do anything when you're pregnant. Like, don't say no to all of the things. Yeah. Stay at home. Don't feel guilty about lying down watching TV because the minute you have the baby, like, it's your life's going to change and you can't do anything. Okay. So they were like, just be very kind of selfish in that pregnancy period. So do you want to kick us off with number one? So I guess number one for me is that postpartum is the marathon that you need to prepare for, not for labour, not for birth, Mm. not for the nursery. It's none of those things. It's postpartum. Like that is where you are tested beyond. You've never experienced anything more confronting and more humbling. So if it's a marathon, how would you have prepared looking back? Yeah, how would I have prepared? That is a good question because there's only so much you, like, you know, I can scream this to every friend who's currently pregnant, who's never had a child. I can, you know, and if you're, you know, in the process of trying to get pregnant or if you're pregnant, like you are actually going to think your experience will be different and it probably won't be. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) because I think it's human nature, right? Mm -hmm. I think we're positive by nature and I think, you know, everyone's going to think my baby will be different or my baby. And it's not about the baby it's not about the baby I mean the baby does obviously like contribute but it's about like the hormones and it's about the lack of sleep and it's about all of the new things and the baby crying and you know there's there's so much do you think that the hormones have like a really big part to play like my only hormone experience was during my egg freezing yeah I had said to my mom like I'm depressed now and I'm never getting out of bed like and then as soon as I got my period, which the doctor told me, something went over my brain. Like it was like a big fog and I couldn't actually get myself out of bed from those hormones. So 
How much do you think the hormones like had the part to play? It's hard to know because it's so intertwined, the lack of sleep, yeah. you know, the constant monotony, the trying to breastfeed, yeah. the, the feed. Like it's just all so intertwined that you. I don't think you can pull one thing out. Yeah, I okay. think if you could sleep, that would help. I think if you could yeah. get, you know, four to five hour blocks. And I think my therapist was the one that told me, she was like, your brain needs four to five hours to function in a block. Were you not like, even, so you weren't really getting much sleep at all? Oh, no, no, no. You don't get four you to five get, hours in a block. No, that's true. My sister did have a baby. I should know this. But I thought you might at least get four no, hours. No. Like on a good day, you might get four hours. To be fair, I don't think a f- fully breastfed baby, you could have four hours. Mm. Like I've got friends in my mother's group now whose babies are still waking them up every two hours. And these babies are like eight months plus. Wow. Like my Artie sleeps through the night now, touch wood. But I also, like you're kind of on edge, even when the baby's sleeping on it. Like I've got the monitor up on my phone. Like my phone time, my screen time's never been higher because I've got the app. <laughs> I've got the app and I've just got it up. So you hear everything, like even though we only moved him out of our room a couple of months ago. But you've kind of got the video playing of him and every kind of noise. You just hear it. Like it's like you kind of are automatically just – you're just on edge always. So mm. I sometimes feel like even after seven or eight hours, I feel tired mm. sometimes. So, yeah, postpartum is the thing. Like, I mean, obviously you have a birth plan, whatever. Most of them go out the window and that's fine. Like, you know, I wanted to have a vaginal birth with drugs, um, but my baby was breached, so I had to have an elective cesarean. And mm. that that actually was amazing. Like, it was such a – like, I got a blow dry at 6 a.m. God bless Phoebe. She opened the blow for me early <laughs> and uh, went and got a blow dry, checked in at 7. It is confronting because you're kind of – you know, you're lying. You're basically in, you feel like you're in a fridge. You feel like you're on a butcher's slab, mm-hmm. like a cold metal room. And you mm. feel, and you are like you're about to be sliced open. So mm. it was like, you know, it was my obstetrician was there holding my hand the whole time. Like Dion was there holding my other hand. Well, actually, no, my obstetrician was getting the baby out. But when I was getting the epidural, she was holding <laughs> my hand. <laughs> she was holding my hand. And Dion was holding my hand when she was getting the baby out. So, like, not a bad experience. And the recovery for a cesarean was. Not so bad. Like, just take the drugs when they offer them. Take them. Don't be a martyr. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be worse off by – you're only going to be better off. Get ahead of the drugs. That's what my midwife told me, and that Mm. was very good advice. So you don't want to ever feel the pain. You want to take the drugs right before you start to feel that little, like, pinches of pain and just, you know, have support around you as well in that kind of first period. But, yeah, the postpartum, that's the biggest thing I would love to stress. And I don't want to freak anyone out. Like, you know, there's enough stuff freaking pregnant women out. I don't want to freak anyone out, but just do be very conscious. Like, don't get so caught up in that, like, oh, my birth plan and my nursery and, like, you know, getting X, Y, Z done before the baby comes. Like, those things are kind of immaterial. They don't necessarily matter when the babies come. And you Uh you need to protect, like, you can't be a good mother or a good carer or a good parent if you're completely broken. Uh And take time for yourself as well. Like, I don't have family in Melbourne, so neither of us do. They're all in Sydney, so we don't have family here. Mm. This is another point is just kind of build your network for postpartum. Yeah. Whether that's paid for help if you can afford it. Mm -hmm. And if you can afford it, pay for it. Like if you can afford it, Mm. you'll be saving yourself. If you can afford it, get a night nurse, get a doula, get, you know, someone to help you because it feels you feel trapped like you've got a baby on you all the time. You know, some businesses are great, but society's not set up for the non-primary carer to um, 
take much time off. That's true. Like my husband had three weeks off yeah, and that was great. And then he worked part-time for the next mm. six months, which was amazing. So I could kind of go back to work. But I made my mum come from Sydney for five or six weeks. And I remember the day she left was probably one of the saddest days. <laughs> I think I cried for like my husband came, would come home from work and I'd be sitting in a dark room sobbing. Aww. Obviously, both of you based here, so there was no thought of going back to Sydney for a while? No, it's just like you kind of don't want to leave your home. Like it's, yeah. I mean, if you can do it, it's easy to bring one person or like one support person or have a kind of a rotation of, if, you know, if you've got a great relationship with your mother-in-law, like, yeah. you know, get your mum and you've got a good relationship with your mother and your mother's able to help, like get them to come for a bit and then switch. But the other thing is like, just be very careful of who you're inviting into your home yeah. to help you because they need to be able to is that, pardon. That's not, that's not directed towards your mum, I'm assuming. <laughs> no, 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 no. God, I would have had my mum stay for ages. But oh. just also like if you've got your like, you know, other partner's family around, like make sure yes. you're com- like you just don't want to be. Because you're in your like most vulnerable moment. So you want someone that you're comfortable with. Exactly. You are super vulnerable. Your boobs are out. Yeah. You're wearing like a diaper. Yeah. Literally, I was wearing a diaper. Mm. Yeah, it's just not like a great time. I remember like screaming at Dion, <laughs> poor guy. Like you're just kind of fully unhinged. And yeah, it's, okay. that part's probably the sleep deprivation and the hormones. Yeah. But you've just, you just don't know. And this is not relevant for second time mums. Like, this is only relevant for first time mums. Mm. And again, I don't want to scare people, but I do urge people to be prepared. Like, have a freezer full of food. Mm, you need food. Ask people to give you food. Like, no one needs another toy for a baby. Like, yeah. we have honestly a crate full of stuffed toys for Artie. Mm-hmm. They're cute and like they look good on a cot, <laughs> but it's not safe for them to sleep with them. So it's, like they just kind of sit in them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when he's older, he'll appreciate them and they are cute. But if in doubt, like don't buy anything for the baby, buy food for the mother and the father. Love that tip. Yeah, that is the, honestly the best thing to get. How many tips are we down now? I don't know. My other tip is if you want to breastfeed, if you're planning to breastfeed, okay. get ahead of that. So book a consultation with a lactation consultant mm-hmm. for the day you get home from hospital or the day after you get home. Okay. Because unless you have had a baby in a private hospital and you've had considerable time with a lactation consultant, both of which I did have while you're in hospital, the beginning part of breastfeeding is really hard. It gets easier. It definitely gets easier. But that initial kind of six weeks, especially if you've got a small baby, like their digestive systems aren't and their kind of like mouth isn't, Mm -hmm. they don't really know what they're doing and you don't know what you're doing. Like both of you are kind of trying to figure it out and you do need help. And I would say, you know, you don't want to try and get home two days later, you're freaking out because they're not latching and or they're not feeding or you're in pain, your nipples are bleeding and it it shouldn't be painful. Mm. So I would say just get an appointment booked for either the day you get home or the subsequent kind of few days. So they come, they sort of come to your house and sort of help you with that first day. That's a really good tip. Well, not the first day. They will help you with um, breastfeeding, like kind of that first. Yeah, the first breastfeeding. Yeah, the first, yeah. And and they can help you. Like I remember um, I had two, like actually I had three lactation consultants because I'm (laughs) a freak. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and did they all do a different part of the breastfeeding or you didn't like one and then you got another one I liked them all but one of them was in hospital 
So I saw her in a hospital and okay. then she booked yep. an appointment with me after. Then another one, like I think three days into hospital, I was like, wow, this is actually really hard. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. So I booked an appointment for her the day after I got home and she was available. And then she just kind of came at the wrong times. Like Artie wasn't feeding properly. And then someone told me, my obstetrician was like, you should see Susan Shaw. She was neonatal intensive care nurse. And they were like, get Susan to come over. Mm. And so Susan came over and because I literally was like, I can't breastfeed. My nipples aren't the right size. My boobs aren't the right size. And I need to use this nipple shield. And she was like, no, you don't. And she basically like threw the nipple shield away and was like, this is how you do it. And then he, from that point on, it was, I wouldn't say so much easier, but it was a lot easier. But both of the lactation consultants I saw at home were amazing. And I would recommend them both if you're in Melbourne. But get one, like to do it over Zoom is hard. You want one to come. Get one that's in your state, in your area that will come to your house. Mm. And midwives are good at that too. But when you're in hospital, you don't have that concentrated time with anyone. So it's hard. Mm. So if you can't find a lactation consultant, then try and find a midwife yeah, that has deal. a kind of interest in lactation consulting and get them to, to come to your house because it's going to be a lot, I guess, easier than trying to navigate it yourself. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Like I did that whole pumping, breastfeeding, feeding. Like it was like that triple thing to try and get my milk supply up. Yeah. So like I really did need support from people, which is why they say, and I never understood it, they say women with support manage to breastfeed for much longer than they would have if they didn't have support. And I'm like, how? What does support have to do with it? Like, it's not like the support, like, they don't have boobs. What are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Holding a hand, giving them tea? But they're they're actually doing everything else yeah. for you so you yeah. can focus on breastfeeding. And that's where the support comes in. And also the support of someone actually showing you how to do it and helping you. Mm-hmm. By the end of being in hospital and after seeing lactation consultants, you end up feeling a bit like a cow. <laughs> kind of just like, whatever, this is my job now. <laughs> and if you're not breastfeeding, I think it's also like there's a lot of judgment around formula feeding. And, and Artie was always mixed fed. so Did you feel that judgment? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. It's just the way society is wired. Yeah. I know some that had such problems with breastfeeding, like the inf- what's the infection that you get through your milk duct? Mastitis. Yeah. I think it was just yeah. so, so painful. But those initial, like and when you're in hospital giving birth, mm. you're asked so many times if you're going to breastfeed. If you want to breastfeed, you're going to try to breastfeed. And if you say yes, you kind of see this like, good. Okay. You know, like the midwife, the doctors, that's kind of like... Good. It's like it's kind of like, yep, you're doing the right thing. And it's like, yeah, okay. There is no right thing. The baby is fed breast milk for, you know, six months. Yeah. You know, the majority of children, I think, are done by 12 months. They're obviously outliers. And then, you know, here I am eating a single egg and a triple shot of coffee, Mm. you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, last night I had fried chicken. But like, you know what I mean? It's like, who cares? It's like, it's such a small period of time. And look, I know that there's a lot of development going on and, and, you know, there's a lot of studies done, but nothing that proved that breast milk is, in terms of a breakdown of nutrients, better. And you probably can't deny that. Yeah. But formulas are probably a pretty good close second. So we probably have um, time for one more tip. Well, I've done breastfeeding. I've done postpartum. I've done get the support network. Um, I guess the last tip is just know that it's just a stage or a phase. Like it this too shall pass and you don't feel like it at the time. Can I ask how long for you that kind of phase lasted? Like the horrible? Yeah, the horrible part. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
the part where you wanted to go to hospital instead of like so you got a break yeah that was probably the first I would say six seven weeks at the hardest yeah and then you get into a routine yeah and then it's like a little bit less hard up until about 12 weeks and then after 12 weeks, things become easier, mm. I would say, yeah. for me. you Because you're in a routine. You know your baby. Your baby understands you. You understand them. And you kind of get to know what they like and what they don't like. And you can kind of tell what kind of cry, you know, I'm like, I know, is he hungry? Is he uncomfortable? Is he tired? Mm-hmm. So things become a little bit more second nature and you feel a bit more like you know what you're doing. Because I think it's a very foreign feeling, especially for someone, you know, who's worked for however many years I've been working and like for a lot of people not being good at something is not a very comfortable place to be yeah and you really don't feel like you're good at it it's like a complete 180 from your life like what other life events take you from like literally the opposite of where you are no none where your time is like no longer your time anymore your body is no longer your body yeah yeah your time and that is really hard for someone who's very independent Mm. And I just like to go and do what I want to do when I want to do it. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you get used to it. You know, you do get used to it. And you like, you know, I think I've talked a lot about the hard parts, but there are great parts as well. Mm. And the older they get, I just feel like the older they get, the better it gets. And look, some people love the newborn phase. I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. But um, there are people who love it. And maybe, you know, if you're listening to this, maybe you'll be one of them. But it is still hard no matter what yeah Mm. the good thing about hard things is if you're kind of prepared for them mentally and otherwise it might make it a little bit easier and the last tip ava the last tip is it's pretty freaking boring yeah um it's monotonous and you know it won't always be like this i feel like every day is groundhog day Mm. sometimes yeah that doesn't mean that i don't love my son i love him more than anything in this whole world But I find parenting quite boring to date. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's a joy. I actually second that like with my niece. I will look after her for like an hour or two and then I'm like, so I actually have to sit here and watch her the whole time. Yeah. Like she's walking now. And I'm like, (sighs) I said to my mum, I said, what, I have to do this the whole, and she's like, yep, it's the whole day. (laughs) Yeah. It actually would be quite boring. It is boring. You're like, because Dion actually spends a lot of time with Artie and looks after him quite a bit. But though we sometimes he'll be like, can he just go to bed now? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> he can't go to bed. Like, he literally just woke up an hour ago. Yeah. But, yeah. And sometimes I'm like, oh, he's done a poo. That's something to do. That's a 10-minute yeah. block of time. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Ava, thank you so much for joining us for um, an welcome. episode all about pregnancy and postpartum. It's lovely to chat to you. And obviously, for anyone wanting to um, follow Ava's journey, her Instagram is Ava Matthews. And you can also get Ultraviolet at Adore Beauty. You can. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. 